we're at John chapter 7 and great music this morning. I sure enjoyed those songs. And the first one we sang about was God is able. And you know, I believe that God is able to do anything that we ask him to do that's within his will. Don't you think so, church? But why is that? Why, why, why can't we sit here this morning and have confidence that, um, that God is able? I mean, what, what power is there that goes from the heavenlies to us to allow us to know that God is able? You know, if, if we're sinners without Christ, you know, we're able to be saved. If, if we're Christians and, we're, and, and we love Jesus, what, what, what is it that allows God to, to, to be able to do things in our... Well, how can we do things in life? How how is that ability happening? Well, I think John chapter 7 reveals a great truth. You know, all throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible, Jesus said a lot of bold things. He said, I am, he says, I and my father are one. Wow, that's a big, bold statement, isn't it? He says, I and my father are one. He says, I am the light. He says, I'm the resurrection. He says, I am the truth. But right here in these verses, we see a great truth that Jesus reveals, and it's really bold. And he says, I am the fountain of living water. Now, a lot of times I think we can read that and just kind of skim over it. But I, this morning I want to just take a few minutes and I want you to understand what Jesus is saying when he says that I am the fountain of the living water. I mean, this is really deep. It's really good because, listen, that, that well is so deep that you can't ever extract all the water. I mean, he is, he is the well of living water, and we've got to come to that well and take a drink. Everybody say amen. So if you're not saved, you got to come and you got to drink of it to have everlasting life. If you don't, you go to hell. And then if you are a Christian, listen to me. Um, it's not that you got to get saved again, but we got to know that it's through that Holy Spirit. It's through God, through Jesus Christ. He's a well. And we've got to go in and continually drink from that. You know, we just don't get saved and go through life and everything's hunky-dory. We live in a fallen world and things get tough. But Bible, but he says he is able and he is able because we have to consume the Holy Spirit, and we have to die to ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, and we got to go to that well each and every day. Everybody say amen. So you're with me here at John chapter 7. Now, this is very interesting because once we put this into context, I think that this is really going to make a lot more sense to you, okay? So let's put it in context just, just for a moment. John chapter 7, and we'll start in verse 33, and it says, Therefore Jesus said, for a little while longer I am with you than I go to him who sent me. So here's Jesus, and um, um, he's around all the Jews. There's Pharisees there. There's crowds. Now, this, this particular passage, the context that he was, he was at the Feast of the Tabernacles, that was a seven-day feast, and, and, and that was observed in, in the first week or two of October, our month of October, okay? But here he's there at this feast. There are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people there, and so he's there. And so here's how the feast worked. Now, first of all, um, the Jews would build little huts made out of branches. And what they were doing was is that they were remembering when God took those Jews, those Israelites, through the wilderness. And so this was a, a time for them to remember what God has done. So, so this feast went on for seven days. And listen to this. Um, for the first six days, 
um, the priest would go into the pool of Salam and he would take a golden vessel and he would dip water into it and then he would go to the altar where sacrifices were laid out in a certain way and he would pour this water that came from this pool. Now remember, remember water always signified what? The Holy Spirit, right? And he would pour this water over the altar, and of course, it would make all this steam that come up. And then what would happen was, is that all the Israelites would start singing and praising God. Just like we did this morning, they would just break out into song, and they would praise God. And they would do this every day for six days. Now, on the seventh day, it changed a little. On the seventh day, there would be no water poured. The people did not sing. The sacrifice was made. The people gathered up, but they did not sing. Because because that day was was known as the solemn day of repentance. They were to be quiet. They were to listen as, as the priest went through that ritual on that last day. Again, it was a somber day that they celebrated of repentance. And ladies and gentlemen, it was on that day, on that seventh day, that Jesus stood there when this Feast of the Tabernacle, this last day, the solemn day of repentance. And during that solemn day of repentance, when everyone was quiet, Jesus Christ stood up and he said, I in the well of living water. Man, I just got goosebumps. What, you just love to have been there? Golly, I think when we get to heaven, I think we're going to get to hit some kind of button and we'll get to kind of experience those things. And I, I just can't wait. I mean, can you imagine that? During that feast, and, 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 and certainly all the Jews that are here right here would have known what to expect and what was going on and what the symbolic of everything was. And then here, here Jesus is and he stands up when nothing's really going on, nothing can be said, there can't be any singing because it's a solemn day of repentance. And he says, I am the well of living water. Cornerstone Baptist Church, I want you to know that our God, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ in the flesh, he is the well of living water for us. There is no other name in which man can be called to be saved except by the name of Jesus Christ. And there's no way that we can get through this life unless we go get that well and to that well and drink of that well. Everybody say amen. So I want to look just at a couple of things, and I want to explain this, this to you a little bit and then make some application, okay? Look with me again at uh, John chapter 7, verse 37. And again, he says, verse 33, he says, Therefore Jesus said, he said, For a little while longer I'm with you, and then I go to him who sent me. You see, he had to go make himself a sacrifice for us, and you know that. You will seek me. And you will not find me. And this is what he's saying at this, at this time. He says, and where I am, you cannot come. The Jews then said to one another, and then they quote here. He, they say, where does this man intend to go? <laughs> Can you, they're confused. They, they don't understand. He, he says, where does, this man, where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? He is not intending to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks, is he? In other words, they think that he's leaving. They don't understand that he's going to that he's going to be crucified, that he's going to be buried, and that he's going to raise again. That he's going to be ascended up into heaven and sit next to the Father and be our great forever high priest. They think, 
What's he going to do? Leave us and go minister to the Greeks? Look at verse 36. What is this statement that he said, you will seek me and will not find me, and where I am you cannot come? Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was, was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. In other words, he wasn't crucified, and he, and he wasn't raised, and he, and he wasn't glorified yet. And so this was that, that which was to come. So point number one, and, and not really a point, but, but what is this fountain of living water? How can we explain that? Well, throughout the New Testament... Again, water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, and it's the Spirit of God that comes to the sinner and shows their need for salvation. You know, it's the Holy Spirit that applies the Word of God in conviction. You get that? You know, before you can get saved, I want you to know that, that, that the Holy Spirit's going to convict you of your sin. And it is the Spirit of God that baptizes the new believer into the body of Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Now listen, I don't have this up there for you. It says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. Again, this water is speaking of the Holy Spirit. And so when Jesus says that uh, if you that are thirsty, come and drink of me, that he's the well of living water, he's saying that he's going to give us the Holy Spirit when he convicts us of a sin. Now, I'm just explaining this to you, and we're going to make some application. But look at this. It is the Spirit of God that fills the believer with glory, promise, and hope. And it is the Spirit that entools us to be a vessel that God uses. Now, Jesus says, if any man thirst, he says, let him come unto me and drink. So Jesus proclaims himself to be the place where the living water can be found. Look, salvation involves every member of this holy trinity because Jesus is the source, but the spirit of God is the one who abides in us day by day. He is the water of life. Look, Jesus is the water of life. If the Spirit is the water of life, then Jesus is the fountain of the living water. And before the water of life can be dispensed to a lost and dying world, here it is, the foundation had to be opened. Now, this is theology. Listen, just like, just like when you open a well, you've got to break the ground and you've got to dig down. If you're going to go to the Trinity, you've got to go about 450 feet to hit that thing. You've got to break it open. And for us, for all the world, this was accomplished when Jesus Christ died on the cross. This horrible death, not only did he let himself be beaten for us and mocked, but he was crucified so that he could be opened up so the water of the Spirit could flow freely. John 19.34 says this. It says, his side was pierced, then flowed out water and blood. You see, he had to be crucified. He's that well. And when Jesus stood up at, the, at this feast, and when he broke the silence, 
He wanted everyone there to recognize him as the fountain of living water, not this pool, not this vessel that it was put into, but that he was the source of the living water. And as the priest would dip the water out of the pool to pour on the altar of sacrifice, Jesus was saying, dip from my pool. He's telling these guys that I'm going to be here for a while, but I'm leaving, and the Holy Spirit's going to come. And then he's telling that when, when they pierce his side and the blood and water, that he's the fountain, and that if you're thirsty and if, you need to, and, if you, and if you're going to get through this life, if you're going to have eternal life, then you have to, to drink from him. He was saying that I'm that pool of living water. It's Jesus. It's not this anymore. He says, I am that pool of living water. All right, um, let's make some application. Let's make some application. I want you to see in verse 38, I want you to see the, re- the, the rewards of, of the living water. The rewards, write that down. These are the rewards of the, of the fountain of living water, verse 38. Notice with me just a couple. In other words, first of all, salvation. Salvation is reward when we, when we are thirsty and when we drink of that living water. Now, of course, the primary benefit of coming to Jesus by faith is that of being eternally saved by the grace of God. Everybody say amen. I'm glad about that, aren't you? Now, John 3.36 says that he that believeth on the Son has everlasting life, and he that believes not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. A sinner is condemned and doomed before the Lord. And God saves that sinner from his wrath, and the sinner is saved from hell. Listen, the soul that places their faith in Jesus for salvation never needs to ever fear losing it. Everybody say amen. The soul that brings their life to Jesus is delivered from death, protected from the wrath, and he or she is loosened to enjoy the fruits of their salvation. So first of all, he is, he is that reward is salvation. Guys, we get to have salvation. We get saved. He is the living water. And so, and so I don't know, maybe you this morning, maybe there's someone here that's never came and drank from that fountain of living water. I, I, I want you to know, first of all, this morning, that salvation is your reward. You know, and if you don't take of that, then I want you to know that, that your, your future is going to only be an everlasting lake of fire. And that place was really only meant for the devil. But anyone who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ will join old Satan in that forever and forever and forever. Jesus says that I am the life and the way and the truth, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And, and he's saying to these Jews, he's saying, look, you, you got all this ritual going on. You got all this religion going on. But he's saying in the middle of that silence, he's saying, guys, if you really want eternal life, then he says, you got to understand that I am the fountain. I am the water. And you got to come to me and drink. And, 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 and Revelation chapter 22 says you can come drink. What does it say? Freely, it doesn't cost us anything because Jesus paid it all. Huh? Give the Lord a hand on that, will you? So, so our reward when we come to that, when we recognize Him as the fountain. Hey, can I say this for a minute? Um, faith is a big thing, right? Everybody, faith is a big thing, and because without faith, we can't what? Please God. And so, I understand that a lot of times we think, 
okay, you know, I really don't get this salvation thing, and I really don't understand this, you know, you know, God, you know, sent Jesus, and, and Jesus was the incarnate of God, and he come, and he lived a perfect life, and, and, and he went to the cross, and, and, and he died, and now we have to trust him, and I know that, you know, for some of us, it takes more, it takes, it, it's, it's a hard bite to, it's a hard bite to, to swallow, right? But you know, here's the thing, faith. You can't please God without faith. But when you put your faith in that, you know what happens is you understand it. And the Holy Spirit comes into you and fills you, and it gives you complete understanding of what that means. Right? So you have to come to him by faith. Know that he is the living water. And when you partake of that, number one is you have salvation. Number two is is satisfaction. Number two is satisfaction. Notice that it is from the belly. Look at it. It's from the belly that these rivers of living water flows. Verse 38. Now the belly is that part of a man that is never satisfied. We we, we eat breakfast (laughs) and just a few hours later we're what? We're hungry again, aren't we? Our bellies can never be satisfied. You know, you know that Snickers commercial. It, it, what does it say? You know, it'll, it'll, it'll satisfy you. It only satisfies me for about 30 minutes, and I'm ready for another Snickers bar. You know what I mean? But our, we, we can't ever be satisfied. We feed, and then soon after or thereafter, we our, our belly cries for more. But notice what Jesus says. Listen, He says that if we come to Him. He will give us satisfaction for our most pressing needs. Christian, do you understand that? The world and those in it, we seek after things that can't really never satisfy. You ask the drug addict. Everybody, listen. You ask the drunkard. You ask that that you ask that person who's addicted to sex. You ask that person you ask that person who's 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 addicted to power, who's addicted to money, who's addicted to, to fame. You're never going to be satisfied. But Jesus says if you'll come to him and if you'll take and drink of the water of life freely, he says you'll be satisfied forever and forever and forever. Can I have an amen? And that's the truth. But you know, as Christians, sometimes it doesn't feel like we're satisfied all the time. Do you know why that is? It's it's because we go take a drink, but then we go live back in the world, and we start letting the appetite of our, of the world start dictating of how life is supposed to be, and we don't understand that that it's Jesus Christ who 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 gives us all of that, and who who sustains us, and and who makes us that person who is satisfied. So Jesus is the the fountain of the living water. Now, and you'll never exhaust it. If you've ever experienced this kind of satisfaction, then I ask you to come to Jesus. Or if you never experienced that kind of satisfaction, listen, you need to come to Jesus this morning and find that fountain, partake of it, and I promise you, you'll never regret it. Psalms chapter 34, verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Psalms 107, verse 9, it says, For God satisfied the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. 
So Jesus is the fountain of the living water. Now, people sometimes can't sleep at night because they have no peace. Everybody, listen, we're almost done. People can't sleep at night because they they have no peace. But you know what? Jesus makes it possible. Do you believe that? He's the fountain of the living water. Uh, Jesus makes it possible. Some people don't know uh, where they'll spend eternity. But look, Jesus can give you peace about where you'll spend eternity. Jesus can make that possible. Everyone needs to know the true joy and and contentment that the fountain of living water offers. And you're never going to know it unless you'll come and take of that freely. Hey, don't you want to be free from the pool of, from the pool of the world? Can I, can I hear you? Don't you want to be free from that? So maybe there's one here this morning that's never given their lives to you, that you never come and that you, that you, that you never confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart who Jesus Christ is. And that, and that, and maybe when God has put that conviction of your sin on you, you didn't respond to it because you didn't go to the well and drink. But listen, to to go to the well and drink means that you believe that and it means that you recognize that you have conviction about your sin and that you repent from your sin and you call upon Him as Lord master and say you bend your heart to him and that's when you partake of the life of water freely and it comes into your life and that's when you'll have peace that passeth all understanding right now before we move on to the last point again i I look around and and i look at my own life and I, i you know i still sometimes don't have peace but i know i'm saved anybody with me on that one so is jesus a liar Huh? No. Again, and I've said it, it's because we get back into our old nature and we start doing things the way we want to do it. We're, we're, we, 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 the Bible says that you've got to be filled daily of the Holy Spirit. Not that you're going to get saved every day, but that we empty ourselves so that we can be full of him. Everybody got that? So we can be full of that living water. So we do have that peace. So we do have that comfort. And so we do have that joy. But Jesus says that he is the fountain of the living water. He is the source of of eternal life. But also it brings strength. Um, The water never abates. That means it never lessens. It never decreases. It never loses its decree or its intensity. Look, the fountain of living water is constantly refreshing to the believer. It constantly gives us power and joy and hope in this world and this life. And there are many who say they can never live the Christian life, and that's a true statement because there is nobody that can do it in their natural state. But when the blood of Jesus is applied, then they or we can because it lives in you. John chapter 14 verse 16 says that he may abide in you. Jesus makes all things possible. Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ, which, what, strengtheneth me. It's the Spirit of God that knows our needs. The Spirit makes intercession for us before the throne of God. It is the Spirit of God that makes the Christian life possible. So how does one get the Spirit? You receive Jesus. You give him your heart and your mind and your body, and you have everything else. And then also it gives us service. You know, the Bible makes it clear that this water of life, which is, which is placed within us, forms a mighty river that flows out from us and touches those around us. He will use us to reach people for his glory. Lastly, how to receive the fountain of living water. 
First of all, the Bible says there that there has to, in verse 37, there has to be a thirst. You know, you've got to have an appetite, congregation. Before a person can be saved, he or she must sense their need of salvation. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you and speaks to you of conviction, you have to have that appetite and that thirst, and this involves the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Number two is there has to be the approach. Notice what it says. He says, come, if any man thirsts, let him what? Come. So Jesus invites all the thirsty to come unto him. And, and notice, notice the cry. Notice it's an invitation. And notice the availability. It's for any person. And notice the access. It's always through Jesus Christ. So Jesus is saying, come. And who could come? He says, any person can come. If you're thirsty, come. The invitation is for all who will come to him. And that everyone and anybody is you. All you need to do is to have an appetite, and you have to approach him. And then lastly, you've got to drink. You know, um, if I'm ever thirsty, you know, you know, it does me no good to go make a glass of water and to sit on the counter and never take it. I've got to, after I make that glass of water, what do I got to do? I've got to drink it. And so what Jesus says this morning to all of us is, if you're here this morning, if you've never partaken of Jesus Christ as your Lord, Master, and Savior, he's saying to you, like he was telling the Jews back then, he was saying that he is the source of living water. He gives us salvation. He gives us satisfaction. And to have that, you've got to come to him. You've got to be thirsty. You've got to come, but you've got to commit your life to Jesus. You've got to to understand it. You've got to repent from your sins, and you've got to trust him, period. Amen? You've got to come. You've got to have a thirst. You've got to come, and you've got to partake. And to partake simply means that you, again, understand that he's Jesus, that he is the source and you bow your heart to him and you trust him as Lord, Master, and Savior. And then you'll have eternal salvation and you'll have satisfaction. When life gets, gets, gets tough on you as a Christian, it doesn't mean trouble is never going to come. It just means that you have the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you through. It means you have the Holy Spirit making intercessory prayer for you in heaven. Listen, you never have peace and joy without it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. And Lord, we thank you for your grace and your love. And Lord, we just look back in this text and and thank you, Lord, for coming to this world and to give to to be that sacrifice. And Lord, that we understand that that you that you come to this world and that you died for every single one of us. Every single one of us. You just didn't come and die for for a certain sect of people, but you came and you t- come to this world, and you became that living water that that anyone could come and partake of. And Lord, I pray this morning that maybe there's someone here that that doesn't have that peace that passeth all understanding. There's someone here maybe that doesn't have that joy, and it's because they don't know you as Savior. Lord, I pray this morning, as in John 6:44, Lord, that you'll convict us, Lord, and that if there's one here that needs to to accept you as Lord and Master and Savior, Lord, I pray this morning that this will be the appointed time for them, that, Lord, that they'll see you as this as this source of living water that gives salvation and that also gives satisfaction throughout the life. Lord, I pray that you'll have your way, and, Lord, I pray for the rest of us who, who know you, but, Lord, that we... We've, 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 we, we don't partake 
and we don't allow that source to lead and to guide our lives, maybe our lives are mixed up and maybe we've letting ourselves get into things that we shouldn't have. May we recognize this morning, Lord, that, that we have that, that well, that we have the Holy Spirit, that, uh, Lord, if we'll just die to ourselves and be, and be continually filled with your Spirit, Lord, that, that, that again, that, that joy and that peace and that satisfaction can be forever and forever ours, and that there's nothing that we can't do that gives you glory if we'll yield to you and the Holy Spirit. We love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, stand with me, please.